we pray this message blesses and encourages you. And so we're in this season of a series that expresses the theme that God has put on our hearts for the year, which is found in Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to get to that uh, in a moment. But today's sermon title is, praise God, is Consider Him, Consider Him. The word consider means to bring one's mind in all its capacity to bear upon something meaningfully, deeply. God wants us to consider him this year. I'd say, well, that's fairly obvious. It's amazing how many times we leave God out of the equation. It's amazing how many times we don't consider God in different circumstances, in different things that are going on in our lives, in our bodies, in our relationships, in our workplaces. It's extraordinary, even as Christians, how we do not consider him. How do we not bear in mind, in all the capacity of our mind, focusing on Jesus? It's incredible the amount of times we don't include him. God wants us to keep him in mind every moment of every day throughout 2024. Amen? I, I, I'll try that again. In a Christian church, God wants us to keep him in mind in every circumstance in every moment of every day through 2024. Amen. Amen. Remember to keep God at the forefront of your mind. You will love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. God is of first importance. He is the Alpha. He is the first. He is the Omega. He is the end as well. He is all of these things to us, and we have to make him of first consideration. When we're talking about being strong and courageous, may I just say this sentence to you into your heart and please God into your soul. Never come to God in your strength, but come to God for your strength. What a difference that makes. We can come sometimes and we feel we've had a good week, we've done well, we've done our Bible reading, we've prayed a little bit, we come before the Lord, chest out, we come before the Lord in our strength. We come before the Lord maybe and we say, God, I've had a decent week in work, so, you know, just bless that person over there. And it's amazing how on a daily basis we don't feel that we need God's strength on a daily basis, where we are dependent on him for the next breath. Literally, we are dependent upon him for the next breath. Whenever the Lord decides to say that's enough, our last breath, home, whatever the destination is in regards to the choice of our hearts and who we've made the lover of our souls. God does not in 2024 want to be treated like a little add-on, a little afterthought. God doesn't want to be treated like a little pep-me-up for the day. He doesn't want to be like a Baraka energy boost when you're feeling a bit low. He doesn't want to be just a motivational thought at 8 a.m. He wants to be in your thoughts through every part of the a.m.s and the p.m.s. Let's begin to treat God like he's God. Let's come to God and express our smallness. Let's come to God and express our weakness. Let's come to God and express our sinfulness. Let's come to him for his strength. And let's consider him that we might be strong and we might be courageous. Because if we're going to come in anything other than the strength and courage of God, we are destined to fail. We are destined to be depressed. And we are destined to be frustrated. Please let's not come in our own strength and say, 
Lord, can you just give me like, can you give me like a small little bit now of Pentecostal rocket fuel just for this next bit of the day? That he would be our all in all. Scripture is full of examples of people who acknowledge their need and their dependence upon God and who depended on God for their strength and they knew that apart from God, they were finished. Whatever it is about the Western world, the Western mindset, the pride of man, we feel that we can go days, weeks, months without the Lord and then we end up miserable and we go, how am I so miserable, so empty? Why am I so angry at everyone? What is going on? And I would just sow this seed into your heart and into your soul this very day. Consider him. Make him the heart of consideration in your, in your being. As you progress throughout this year. So our scripture is... Joshua 1, and you guys will know this off by heart very, very soon, and we're going to go through it verse by verse. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you, Joshua, and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to the Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people. To inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate upon it day and night, so that you may be very careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful." Have I not commanded you, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go to the camp, tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Lord, we thank you for your words in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. When I say consider him, when I talk about us considering him, and, and this is our first point today, obviously I'm talking about the Lord. Obviously that's the one that I want us to consider. Obviously that's the one the Lord wants us to consider. He wants us to consider him, have our minds full of him, giving him our full attention, our full focus as we go through all that we go through. You might say, well, John, what does that look like? What does that feel like? It's, it's just that awareness. It's practicing the presence of God. Wherever you go, when you're standing at the bus stop, you're aware that the Lord is with you. When you're on the frozen aisle in Lidl, you're aware that the Lord is with you. When you're at the office desk, you're aware of the presence of God with you and you're considering him. When at the 11 o'clock break in work, all the people go in for their coffee and they start gossiping and telling dirty jokes, you don't get pulled into that because you're considering Christ. You're considering God and you're not pulled into the gossip and you're not pulled 
into the dirty jokes because your consideration is God. You're considering him in your workplace. When you're at home and you've got a head in you because you didn't have a good night's sleep and you want to lay it all out on the person that you love the most, that you say, God, I'm just going to hold my tongue for a minute. I'm going to consider him. I suppose it's like the old bracelet, isn't it? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do is what we're saying as we go about our business. But even before we get to focus on the Lord God and considering him, it's good to consider him as in Joshua. It's good to consider Joshua, who is the hero, so to speak, of the book that we're in at this time from the Old Testament. When we think of people like Joshua, we can be amazed at times at how human they were. Not superhuman, not supernatural, but how human and natural they were with a supernatural, powerful God. Never be discouraged about the state of your being or some mistakes that you've made or even mistakes that we will make in 2024 because God is so much bigger than all of our mess. But it is so fantastic to remind ourselves when we read books, rather than putting Joshua on a pedestal, to remind ourselves that Joshua was flesh and blood, just normal like ourselves. And how do we know how normal Joshua was? Well, here we have the Lord saying to Joshua to be strong and courageous. Why does God say to Joshua, be strong and courageous three times? It's because he is petrified and he is weak and he is doubting himself and he is wondering how on earth he is going to lead these people. Moses, who's been his hero, being the one he looked up to, being his boss, he's gone. He's off the scene. The one that he could lean on, the one that he could depend on is gone. And now it's all on him. It's all on him. I remember when we had our, our first, I was going to say our first child, but we had twins first. Our first childs, when we had our first children, I remember that sense of the responsibility for these yokes is me. I'm responsible. I'm responsible for these now. And that weight of responsibility, was it joyous? Absolutely. Was it celebratory? Amazing. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of life. But I was there going, Lord, I, I have to provide for these. I have, I have to clothe these, feed these, nurture these. That sense of responsibility. I could have looked around me, man, uh, in the hospital, but their day was done. Amen. Their work was done. Now it was my turn to take responsibility. I tell you, there's nothing that draws you to prayer than knowing that you're the responsible one and it rises or falls on you. Amen. When you know the book stops at me, it's amazing how prayerful you become. And that is all that God is wanting us to do, to consider him. Consider people like Joshua as an example, just human, not superhuman, not a special human, just a human being. And he's there and he's standing in his weakness and his fearfulness and he's looking at all of these people, about a million people or so, and this guy Moses is gone and he's, he's done his day and the responsibility is now on him. What's going to happen to this weak, self-doubting, unsure human being? Well, he's going, to, he's going to go to God. Where else can he go? Where else can any of us go? We need to go to him all of the time. One of the great tragedies in life 
is when people take their own lives because they feel overwhelmed by all that is coming upon them. God doesn't want you to take your life. He wants you to take his life. Take his life. Receive his life today. If you feel overwhelmed, if you feel at the end of your tether, if you feel that you cannot go another moment, consider him. Consider him. And you will see even throughout the scriptures loads of human beings like yourself who came up against stone walls, who came up against dreadful situations, who went through unbelievable circumstances and they were at the very, very end of themselves and then they considered God. And rather than being tempted to take their own lives, they took the life of God into them, upon them. They trusted in the life of God. They trusted in the God of life. And he came true as he always does. We can see that there's a transformational part in Joshua considering God and taking God into his consideration. It happens very, very quickly. And I want to encourage you because you might have walked in here today and you might be in the dregs of the valley. And I believe in Jesus' name that you can leave spiritually on a mountaintop experience simply because God is here. And because his word is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. And because the Holy Spirit is in this place. And because, as we were led by Kleena, we have this understanding and expectation when we consider God that all things are possible. Nothing is impossible when we consider him. And so we see in verse 9, God saying, have I not commanded you? So God is being kind of nice to Joshua you know, two times before he said, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. And now he says, have I not commanded you? Honestly, when I'm feeling low and I'm feeling down and someone orders me, I don't know about you guys, that puts my back up. Amen? I, I, I just kind of go, ooh, didn't need that right there. When I'm low, when I'm feeling weak, when I'm feeling down, and someone comes in and goes, I command you, I order you. But you see, what, what's different here is that, that God has built up to this point, and he has been wooing Joshua, and he has been wooing him in, and he's brought him to a place now where Joshua needs to, be, needs to snap out of his self-focus and his introspection. Already God has wooed him in, said, be strong and courageous. I, I'm with you, be strong and courageous. And then it's like, let's get down to business. I'm commanding you to be strong and courageous. Why is God commanding him? And what is that all about? Well, we get to that in a moment. But, but look at the response. All of a sudden, it says in verse 10, Joshua or himself, he ordered the officers of the people, go to the camp, tell the people to get ready. We're about to cross over into the new land. He has received courage and he has received strength. Where has he received this from? Brothers and sisters, here is the, here is the gold today. Joshua was never meant to focus on the commands. He was meant to focus on the commander. And throughout Joshua chapter 1, the boss, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the commander, has been getting him ready, getting him right. And then when God commands him, the focus is not the command or the order. The focus is the commander. And it's as if in that moment, Joshua 
considers God. He sees God. The penny drops. He knows. He, he's with me. He'll never leave me or forsake me. As he was with Moses, so he will be with me. And this command from the commander jolts his spirit into life. And he becomes strong and courageous. May our encounters with God this year change us. May our encounters with God this year be meaningful and transform us. May we not just go through routine or the mundane, but may we go through that which will absolutely change our minds, our hearts, our doing, our thinking, our being. May we be the people that God wants us to be. We think of people like the mighty Paul. Oh, how amazing. How truly Pentecostal. How phenomenal a man he was. But Paul is another great example of needing God. When Paul was troubled over a messenger of Satan, which he called a thorn in the flesh, he cried out to God for help. And what was the Lord's response to Paul? Mighty Paul. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. God simply said to him, I'm enough. My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Wow. Why, why do we boast about our weaknesses? As I said on Wednesday night, Christians have confession, and confession is basically boasting in your weaknesses. And when we come before the Lord and each other, and when I say each other, people that you trust and people that you know are walking with Jesus, and you get stuff out of you that's in you, God is able to do incredible things. His strength, his strength is made perfect. Not made adequate, not made sufficient, but his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Oh, my Lord, does that not make you want to get more excited about running to God with your weakness? Does that not give us a great impetus, a great desire to run to the Lord today? Lord, here's all my weaknesses, here's all my sins. Because it says in your word that your strength is made perfect in my weakness. Oh, may we go to him and consider him all the more this year in Jesus' name. Don't think by hiding your sin or running from your sin or trying to escape your sin, you're going to have success. Bring it to him. Bring your sin and your failings and your weakness. Bring it to him. And his strength will come. And his strength will be perfected in you. Because wherever our weakness is and confessed and opened up to him, he can come with his strength. But when we pretend we don't have any weaknesses, or when we even pharisaically become religious, and we don't want to kind of talk about the weaknesses and the failures, and we just want Hallelujah Sundays, and we want everything to be up and up, when it's all fake and false, then God can't come in his strength. But when it's real, when it's rubber meets the road, when it's, Lord, I'm failing, Lord, I'm falling, Lord, I've done this, Lord, I'm doing this, Lord, I need your help, Lord, I need your forgiveness, he can come in his strength. But when it's, Lord, I'm brilliant, Lord, I'm amazing, Lord, look how good looking I am, Lord, Lord look at all my selfies, Lord, look at my Instagram, it's, oh, I'm unbelievable. How can he come in his strength? You're strong enough. You don't need God. You need a bigger fan base. You need more likes. Let's not bore God boasting in our strengths. 
That's like declaring to God the areas in your life where you believe you don't need him. But let's boast in our weaknesses. Let's this year bring our humanity, our frailty, our fragility, our failures to him this year. And watch him move in his strength and in his power. I love what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 34, when it talks about the people of faith, their weakness was turned to strength. What a sentence. They became strong in battle and they put whole armies to flight. I wonder, do we need to just keep considering the Lord today? It's so simple and it's so ridiculously truthful that we sometimes misplace that which is right in our faces. In the face of temptation, in the face of persecution, in the face of false accusation, how did Jesus remain so strong and courageous? As a human being, with all that was coming against Jesus, and can you imagine the responsibility on Jesus' shoulders, the sin of the world, the way mankind was rejecting God the Father? How did how did Jesus remain strong and courageous in his ministry? Well, according to Timothy Keller, it was because Jesus led a word-saturated life. Let me just read this for you. When tempted in the desert, Jesus answered every one of Satan's assaults with passages from Deuteronomy. As he was kind across, he cited the prophet Hosea. As he was dying in agony, he quoted both Psalm 22 verse 1 and Psalm 31 verse 5. Jesus was so saturated in the word of God that it spontaneously came to his mind, enabling him to interpret and face every challenge. There are modern imitations of what Jesus had. Relaxation techniques, stress management, positive thinking, mystical forms of contemplation. But nothing can duplicate the word of God. God's word was what sustained God's incarnate word when he lived and when he died. Accept no substitutes. Brothers and sisters, when we're saying to consider God today, to not let him out of your thoughts or out of your heart or out of your mind, we're saying to consider him. He is the word. He is the word. So consider him. We consider his word and we live a God-saturated life. God wants Joshua to cross over the Jordan with the people into the land of Canaan and to keep the law of Moses and all things and to be of good courage. But he's just a human being. He's just, he's just a man. But I want to just reiterate this point into your heart and soul today. The main focus is not meant to be the journey. It's not meant to be the people. It's not meant to be the task or the responsibility or the command to be strong and courageous. The main focus is always and has always been and is in this text meant to be the commander of the command. The focus is the Lord. The focus is the one who will never leave or forsake. The focus is the King of Kings. We are to consider him who gives instructions for our betterment. We are to consider the great Jehovah. We are never to let the great I am out of our sights, out of our hearts, out of our souls. He is the one faithful to all of his promises. And he is the one and the only one who is able to perform what he says he will do. 2024, 
make a decision in your heart that you will not spend your time considering your problems. That you will not waste your time spending your time considering your lack. That you will not spend your time wasting your time considering what was taken from you. How insulting is that to God when we, we sin, God, you're my everything. And we spend our days with our little sad abacus adding up all the things taken from us. I just even don't even want to comprehend how insulting that must be. We're to focus on the king of promise and provision. We're to focus on the Lord. You see, we're to focus on God. We're to consider him. We're to consider the word. And I'm, I'm basically just going to very, very quickly, and I'm going to close with this. I'm going to go through the word that we've just had. And as we consider the word that God is bringing to us today, to me today, to you today, and as we consider, as we were encouraged by Kleena in the leading of the meeting, to consider the year ahead and to consider this as a new year that God desires us to pursue him more and to be more after him and to seek fresh vision and to seek a new day. How can we, according to the word that we've just read today, take some hints on how to be effective in this and to move powerfully into this strength and courage that God has for us? Richard, if we just go to the next one. Thanks, brother. 2024. You mightn't have made any New Year's resolutions. I hope you haven't. Uh, as Kleena said in our prayer meeting earlier today, resolutions just lead to when you fail in them. They just lead to shame and you just feel bad about yourself and you feel worse to, about yourself on January the 14th than you did on January the 1st. What I want us to do is not so much focus on resolutions, but to focus on God. <laughs> Consider him in your world, in your life, in your 2024. This is a new year. This is a great time to start. And the best start that we can make to the new year is to consider God more. Let's go through this. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross over the Jordan River. It's time to start getting ready. Some of us need to start getting ready. Getting ready for what, Sean? The next season, the next step, the new day. All that God has in store for you. God has been stirring some of your hearts about stuff that you need to stop doing and stuff you need to start doing. I don't need to give the sermon about it. The Holy Spirit's been talking to you yourself. I don't need to get stuck in. You just need to get stuck into the Lord. And to every single person in this place that's got a spirit and got a soul, which is everyone. Hello, up on the balcony there. All of us, even people in the balcony. Glory to God, all of us, we can consider the Lord today and we can say, Lord, in all that stuff that you've been talking to me about, maybe, Lord God, you want me to start that course. Maybe, Lord, you want me to start being generous this year. Maybe this year, Lord God, you want me to step out of my comfort zone. I am getting ready to cross over into a new season, getting ready to cross over into the next season, getting ready to step into an unknown future. Brothers and sisters, if ever, as the world looks like it's on the brink of World War III, and I'm not trying to frighten anyone because there's no fear in the Lord, perfect love casts out all fear. But we're not immune to seeing what's going on in our world or in our news. And as we step into this unknown future, are you ready for it? 
Are we ready for it? If, if persecution comes to Christians in Dublin, are we ready for it? Or are we ready just to sign the line that says, oh, no, I know, I don't mind announcing them if I can keep me gaff. Like, are we, we don't know what the future's going to look like. Are we ready for it? And so God is stirring his people. And just turning up to a service on a Sunday isn't going to cut us. And I mean that with love and respect. We need to be found in the prayer place. We need to be found in the word of God. We need to be seeking after him. We need to seek to be better lights. Amen. In Jesus' name. We need to be growing in our faith. In Jesus' name. The best question to ask my soul today is, how am I preparing you for tomorrow? What do I need to stop doing? Stop watching? Stop taking into myself? Well, I don't really have time to pray or read the Bible. But we have so much time for box sets and for playing our video games. And we have so much time for social media. One of the most frightening things, if you have it, there's a thing that tells you on a daily basis how much time you spent on social media. Turn it on on your phone. It will frighten the living daylights out of you. We need to get ready to cross over. Joshua 1 verse 3 said, I will give you every place where you set your foot. It's time to ta start taking faith steps. Steps in faith. What do you need to step into in faith for this year? What do you need to step into in faith for your family? What do you need to step into in faith for your life that you know the Lord wants to give you? I will give you everywhere where you place your foot. Now, through the years, we have seen people abuse this understanding. We have pe seen people come in and declare, well, you know, I'm walking in this area towards this lady, and I believe you're mine, and we're going to get married. It's like, what? Like... Like the freakoids, like we're not talking about that. We're talking about things that we genuinely in the prayer closet, genuinely in, in what the Lord has received and, and the Lord has given freely to us that we receive, that it's like, no, 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 I have this peace, I have this stillness. And no matter what goes on in my circumstances or what goes on in the chaos or what the chaos looks like, I have such a peace about this that even when people tell me I'm such a fool for holding on to this in faith, I will keep walking this out in faith because I know God has given me this. They were to walk in the land the Lord had already given them. But the Lord was also giving it to them. They hadn't the experience of it being given, but it was going to be given. And so the Lord uses the future tense and the present tense when he's wooing them into the new land. Walk into the new land I have given you, past tense, and you need to go to the land I am giving you. So it needs to be walked out. It needs to be walked out. It needs to be walked out. Amen. Are we together in this? We take faith steps in Jesus' name. Joshua 1 verse 5. 5. That's really Dublin. Sorry. <laughs> no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be, be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. We need to acknowledge him. We need to recognize his presence. I talked about that much in this sermon so far. Practice his presence. You're doing the dishes. Practice his presence. You're under the car fixing something. Practice his presence. You're reading the Bible. Practice his presence. You're in your house. You're in your job. You're at the bus stop. You're in the shop. Practice his presence. Lord, you are here. I know you are here. God, you are with me. You never leave me or forsake me. You know what that does? It destroys the orphan spirit. The orphan spirit is the worst spirits a believer can carry. Nobody loves me, nobody cares for me, oh, if only. Please, please stop being that person this year. You've got the greatest father. 
You've got the greatest father. If no other Christian ever on a Sunday said hello to you, you would still have no reason to go into, I'm nobody's child, I'm nobody's child. You're not an orphan. You're a king's kid. You're a king's kid. And this victim martyr syndrome, they're all against me. Oh, for the love of the Lord. Honestly, if, if real persecution came, people would be so shocked. So shocked. The things we call persecution now aren't even a ripple on a pond. And so we need God so much and we need to recognize his presence. And if we recognize his presence in the small, simple things, it will be so helpful when we need to recognize his presence in the difficult, strong things. And one of the things that I have learned through my life and as I've seen things going on in my own life, in my own family, circumstances in other families, things going on out of my control, that there is nothing like the presence of God when everything is out of control. Nothing like it. Joshua 1.6, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors. It's time to start leading where you are where you are. What does that mean? What does that look like for you today before you leave? And worship team, do you want to come and join me? Start leading where you are. Self-leadership. Self-leadership. Lead where you are. Lead yourself. One of the, one of the great kind of tragedies in, in Christian families is, I'm speaking to the, the man of the house now, Sometimes, sometimes a man of the house might say something like this, I'm the father and you will do what I say. But we all know that people do what you do. And so it, it doesn't make any difference how much you pound your fist or stomp your feet on the ground or throw your weight around. People aren't going to love and respect someone or follow someone that doesn't even know how to lead themselves. So if you want to be someone and you know God's got leadership on you, God wants you to start leading. And we're, and we're all leaders. As witnesses, as lights, we're all levels of leadership that God calls us into to lead in. But if you know that God is preparing you, getting you ready for something that is going to be much bigger than you could imagine out beyond your comfort zone, where do you need to start? Start leading yourself. Lead yourself Lead your thoughts, take authority over them. Lead yourself in disciplines that will lead to fruitfulness. Lead yourself. Lead yourself. And then watch how God opens doors for you on his behalf. Verse 7, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the left or to the right, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always in your lips. Meditate upon it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. It is time, it's past time to start obeying. In the passage I've just read for you there today, and please read it when you go home again, verses 7 and 8. The word careful is mentioned there twice. He says, be careful to obey. Keep the book of the law on your lips. Meditate upon it day and night so that you will be careful, 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 full of care towards the word of God. Full of care towards the word of God. Careful with it. We're so, where, where's my Bible? Where's the app? 
Where, where's, the, where's the stuff? Where's God? Where's my word for today? Where's, where's the care? Do we care what the word says? We show that we care what the word says when it pierces our hearts, when we receive it, that it makes a difference to our next step. When we're just, oh, I've done my Bible reading. What's next? What, we're going? We're going to get drunk? Oh, yeah, no. No, no, we can't live like that anymore. We can't waste good words. So we have carefulness. We are full of care towards the word of God. We have a care in our hearts to what he wants to say to us. We care about what God wants to lead us into. We care about the kingdom of God. We care about being lights. We care about being good witnesses. We are the people who care. Be careful to obey. Careful obedience this year. And an obedience that cares about what God says will transform your life this year. The days of ignoring God's word or pretending that he didn't say it are over. The days of pretending that that's not in the Bible can't mess like that anymore. If he said it, it's in it. If it's in it, he said it. If he said it, we need it. And we need to be careful with what he gave us. Amen. Lord, I thank you for the spirit of God in this place. And Lord Jesus, we totally understand that in areas of our lives where we've played it like a game, that you're calling us, Lord God, to be people who are careful with our lives, careful with our brains, careful with our thinking, careful with our doing, careful with our being, careful in applying the Word of God into all we do and all we are. Lord, thank you that you are full of care directed towards us because you seek only the best for us. And I thank you for giving me a shake-up this morning. Lord, in Jesus' name, would you come, Spirit of God, would you fall afresh upon everyone in this place. May we live for you and consider you like we've never considered you before. May we practice your presence. May we think, what would Jesus do? May we, Lord God, be different. And, Lord God, may we do this even when we are weak and failing because we consider you and we come for your strength, your courage, your ways, your life. Lord, bless my brothers and sisters. Bless me. Bless us one and all. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you'd like to please visit stmarkcity.ie. Have a very blessed week.